0: welcome back to the beer o'clock podcast episode 3 i am dylan toon i'm angus norris and we are here to bring you the outdated news and very important reviews of the beer o'clock team Um, so we'll just kick it straight off with news Uh, the new zealand guild of brewers awards happened recently and interestingly, the reason I sort of bring it up was um, there was a lack of balance in beers with many too thin and astringent due to a poorly structured malt profile. So a lot of the judges were sort of pointing at this as over-reliance on hops to cover up floors and um, maybe just an over-reliance on hops in general. So 46% of beers won a medal, down from 53% the year before, um, even though the, the sort of the budget of a lot of the entries had gone up. Um, so... Champion Brewery was Bock Brewing, and yeah. Champion Beer was Moa's White Alps IPA. So, I mean, we can kind of understand where they're coming from with malt being ignored somewhat. I wonder if it's an oversupply of breweries thing as well. Mm. We're getting more and more entries
1: into the market lessened. You know, there's only so many skilled brewers
0: out there. Yeah.
1: Um, and it's difficult to sort of know if... Um, are we watching guys that, you know, had potentially had good homebrews? Not being able to access their hops or their malts at the same at the or commercial level.
0: Able to access too many hops. Yeah, maybe that's the issue. It, it sort of seen, it just struck me as something interesting to point out as a brewer because you know they always try to be positive, whereas this is sort of a hey, quite a there's, negative. There's actually, actually something going on here we don't like, and it may get worse as a trend. um And I can understand that there is probably like everyone wanting to make the next big hop bomb and. I would think so. On to the next piece. Uh, so Michael Stanzel, head brewer at Burnley and the first recipient of the Brewer and Malster Accreditation, which is usually German only, says, uh, Australian breweries struggle to replicate proper wheat beers due to an inability to step mash due to equipment limitations. So this is a follow-on from the Brews News report on the downfall of Australian wheat beer, which I think we both read. We did. A month or so ago, and I think it's interesting that there's more of an equipment issue. I mean, obviously... There is a demand issue, but I think it's intriguing that there may also be an equipment side to it that uh, perhaps prevents it from reaching the heights. Wheat beer is the... definitely not the hot style that it was sort
1: of five,
0: 15 years ago. Yeah.
1: So sort of anywhere in that period. You know, there'll always be a gem- demand for the German stuff,
0: but. Yeah. But there's the German stuff, so.
1: And you don't really need Australian stuff in that.
0: Well, this sort of comes on uh, Hargraves and a few others dropping yeah. weed beers from their core lineup.
1: Is Bridge Road um, the only one that still really yeah, has there's, one? Yeah,
0: there's hard to find. Yeah. Um, well, they make 82 beers a year or whatever yeah. it is. But you can find most of the others. Like you can find their like, Celtic Red and their Chestnut Pilsner, which would be similarly small volume, I assume. Yeah, but if someone said, can you find a sixer of their and I'd be struggling. But maybe that means it's a devoted. Audience that want to buy that it, that really wanted and do buy it. Um, I listened to a podcast with him, with Michael. Oh
1: yeah, um, he's an interesting dude. Like he went and studied in
0: Munich, I think, for two years to get that certification. Well, I definitely I brought him up because it's somebody who knows what they're talking about who can narrow down perhaps the issue. So um, I think
1: Burnley are doing seven or eight lagers for Oktoberfest, or
0: yeah, and apparently he's working on doing that, being able to do that step mash and ferulic acid. Rest, process... Because they've got different equipment to most yeah. others. They've yes. got a specialised kit to to do that.
1: That's my at, understanding. At the brew house, not at the production facility. Yeah, yeah, so only yeah. at the brew house, which is...
0: But, I mean, you, you only need the volume that comes from the brew house, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was just sort of interesting because... I mean, there's been a lot of famous Australian wheat beers in the past. I mean, Redback is the classic and... Which apparently still exists. Yeah. When was the last time you saw a Redback? A long time ago, yeah. but I've, I've heard sightings in the wild. Um, I would like one. I reckon if I anyone has one, they can send them in. Would be, yeah. <laughs> if you have out-of-date Redbacks, we will take them off your hands. So on to the next piece of news is um, Black Ops Brewery. We both like very much... and not particularly well behaved boys um, so they named in any IPA pussy juice it was a peach in the IPA and it was incredibly classy as you can imagine by the sound of it it wasn't so much the name it was more the poem that accompanied it yeah, po- perhaps the, the imagery the was off so Pink Boots Brewing Society called it tacky and degrading and said we as an industry should be setting higher standards and I think that's pretty safe and I agree with that and um, my thoughts are it's tone deaf completely Poorly timed, brain dead, but probably not malicious.
1: I think that's probably fair.
0: And I don't know if that doesn't make it okay, really. I feel bad for Ali, the, yeah. uh, the sort of the, the venue manager who came up with it, and obviously she was. Because the beer was supposed to celebrate her year of being there. Yeah. I
1: think they do that for all their employees. And she came up
0: with the name and the poem and stuff, and it's rough for her, but it's also probably something they should have.
1: You would have thought this is a joke around sort of the table when you're talking about it, but that probably should have been where it in stopped. In private, yeah. That's probably... Like, I I know in their apology, at least their first one, they said, if you knew us, you'd understand this is in jest. But then
0: also, you know, Gov's had a few run-ins in the yeah. past, which not particularly classy Instagram posts and things, which are I'm sure it's just sort of, you know... In jokes and stuff, but they, they kind of have to remain with people who may understand that better because, as a wider community, I think brewing needs to project a more inclusive image. Because, I mean, there's a lot of good female brewers out there, and it's uh, it's yeah, just not particularly cool. <laughs> I, I think
1: people with much more sort of uh, nuanced. Takes on this have had their say on this now because yeah, this sure. is almost a month ago
0: now. And like, we are literally, you know, mid 20s white guys, so like, not really the people to be talking about it exactly. Um, um I think
1: Zoe Ottaway's take on it, who was, I think, the chairman of Pink Boots at the moment,
0: yeah, that um, it just seems really dumb because they were they could not put a foot wrong. No, nah. everything they were putting out their beer is phenomenal, out. yeah, and they their business model, like the, the branding's the whole, really cool, yeah, now they're sort of open. Uh, the way they talked about all their failures and stuff as a business model. Like, it's very... It's great for new breweries and stuff, but um, it's just dumb. Yeah, they've missed the mark here. I think that... I think it was quite interesting,
1: the Facebook... The social media reaction to it, where there was the Gold Coast locals defending them as, oh, you guys don't get it. And then everyone else who was,
0: you know... The thing is... Probably rightly jumping on them for what they did. Yeah, if 95% of your audience isn't going to get it, then maybe just... Sort of thought we were kind of beyond this kind of stuff. Like, yeah,
1: it's one of those reminders yeah. that it's still there.
0: Yeah, and you know, maybe that's not the worst thing in some ways. But interesting to see if anything comes from it. I think there was talk about a women's charity. Yeah, that would getting be on nice. Board. That would have been a nice way to instead of dumping the batch. Yeah, would have just been to turn around, maybe donate to Pink Boots or something. something like that. Yeah, I, I was kind of disappointed with the burn everything, salt the earth reaction to it um, pretend it never happened because you know it doesn't I know we're not like you're you trying can't to get it. too in-depth here but the first yeah. apology was crap
1: <laughs> like if we're being honest and the second one wasn't a lot better no like, it, it seems like those guys almost took it as a joke which it wasn't
0: and saying that like you know gov has no history with this when uh, he has clear history and it's like that's the thing you, you people don't forget this stuff on the internet like no that's what Surely, yeah. if that's the one takeaway from business and social media, that—that's the other thing. It is a business, and if you want to circulate that privately, then that's okay. As long as people understand, that's fine. Yeah, it's—it's it's just more like it just continually perpetuates this image that I'm just women surprised kind we, of got like and, we got through.
1: We got through multiple steps here from when the name was put forward. Yeah, to then someone prints and designs a in, label in the Then someone writes too. a thing. Then someone proofreads it. Then someone puts actually
0: puts it on the artwork, and they're like, "Are you guys sure?" And even if Ali suggested it, I can't imagine she would have been so keen that she would have pushed through them saying, "Look, this probably isn't a great idea." I'm sure there was sort of like at some point, if they keep, you know, it almost sounds like they're kind of blaming the woman for it, which is again even worse. Just feels at
1: some point someone should have said, "Are we sure?" Before it actually went out to. The universe. It's funny. Because that, that funny, appeared yeah. on the UK craft beer stuff because they're, they're, you know, massively into the feminist issues in the brewing
0: industry. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's important. I mean, it's oh, of course. It's a lot of... Um... It's a big demographic that actually does yeah. craft beer. It's kind of baffling, I guess. that's the, It's mind-boggling in 2018 that... We're still talking about this. <laughs> yeah. It just... just... We'd like to think black hops have... Learned. Yeah. And it was just sort of funny because I remember when I saw it, on social media, it was just kind of like, well, that's fucking dumb. I didn't think it would blow up like it did. But, you know, your immediate reaction is, I don't know about that. That's... I had the same reaction. Yeah. I saw it
1: quite early and was like, saw it and I was like, oh, that is off. Yeah. And it hadn't blown up. And then no, it yeah, same. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, you don't even think about the beer at some point. That's kind of like, that's... Off. Yeah. That, that's the, it's, Off is the right word. And that's kind of, that's probably a good thing that crowd beer drinkers have that. Immediate reaction. Yeah, I mean, this, you have the dead shits who perhaps didn't have that reaction. Maybe there was, maybe they there was a the bit of, of "God, this is funny," isn't it? People have said it better. Black ops will hopefully know better from now on. It was
1: unsavoury. We'll move on. It's news. Hope we don't talk about it
0: again. Yeah, exactly. It's it's just news. That's why we bring it up. So, um, some some news. Um, Willie Smith from the Huon Valley, yep. in Tasmania won the Australian Cider Awards for their Kingston Black Cider, which is on sale at various places, 750ml. Yeah. Apparently very good. And also, at the same time... Is it time, dark? No. It's a no. black label kind of... Okay. Yeah. Like it's
1: a premium range. It or, is like a little yeah.
0: farmhouse, old school dry. Cool. Um, and it also won the Royal Bath and West Show in Somerset, which is apparently the highest regarded cider show in the UK. A lot of cider in the UK. Yeah, yeah apparently so. that that's the bigger deal here. Um, same cider. One that yep. um and Willie Smith do cool stuff and I like that they do you know, we sort of talked in the past how we support traditional cider as yep. much as possible and Willie Smiths definitely do that. I mean you go to every decent craft beer pub and the and cider on tap is, is Willie, Willie Smith's. Yeah.
1: And you even go to just beer shops. Not yeah. not alcohol
0: shops. Just pure beer shops and you can always find Willie Smith's cider in a corner or and, you know, you, you could say that's good marketing, but honestly, like, they wouldn't stock it past a certain point. And the Huon Valley is, like, such fantastic apples, as you can see, and two-metre-tall beer. And yeah. I think it's um yeah, good on them. It's it's more just making a splash and put those two wins back-to-back were worth the mention. Yeah. You remember you remember Rocks Brewing? Yeah, in Sydney. Yep. So I've they... been
1: to the Hearts Pub, which is, I think they Yeah,
0: so that was their previous yeah. owner. So They put themselves up for sale in June last year. Yep. Yeah. So and didn't find anyone. No. So two of the original investors have bought the place, ninety percent of it, right? And it will be rebranded as the Burke Road Brew House. So that's the end of the Rocks saga. Interesting. They didn't get the IP for Rocks. Yeah, they didn't want it. Apparently. Oh, so okay. The person who owns Hearts is keeping Hearts. Yeah. And and keeping Rocks the brand. I actually don't know. I, I, that may be in limbo. Um, maybe that's the ten percent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just wondering why you'd rename it after. I think there's probably some, if you put something on sale and it doesn't yeah. sell, it's maybe it's, um, maybe it's going to more a brewpub model. Yep. We don't know much beyond that. It's just, it's sort of one of those things that I feel like was talked about a bit, you know, year and a half ago and then we've got a resolution. So yeah, that's that. All right. Well, um, be back in a minute with our, our debut scouting.
2: Welcome
0: back segment i'm gonna call it scouting report because that's very original and interesting um so basically new venues open up daily here in melbourne and interstate so whenever we go visit one we'll just have a quick chat about it or make a point to go visit it if uh, we get asked to and um so we went and visited the incubator which is fixations brewing's little offering on smith street collingwood so there's um, no food there, but you can order it in. Converted like, warehouse. Yeah, lots of space. Like, yeah, I mean, if you wanted to go do some work or something there, it's, it was fairly chill. Yeah. Um, and well, I think they're trying to market themselves not as a place to come and get smashed. It's literally yeah. come,
1: come have a tasting, come yeah. have a schooner or two. and It's IPA only as well. Yeah, like, which the, I think um, helps in that. Yeah,
0: so what, like nine taps, all IPAs? Yeah, I think
1: yeah. I think they do have the ability to do ten
0: Yes, yeah. Because they're
1: still opening, they're still getting towards 10.
0: Um, So I think... I mean, the main sort of draw is, like, obviously the tasting paddles, which we thought were very cool. They're really sort of quite intricate, weren't they? In the shape of a hop, Mm. um,
1: sort of lathes to have quite a bit of an intricate design. We'll, We'll put a photo up in the show notes if anyone wants to have a look at
0: one. It's definitely, like, obviously shows you they put more thought into it than most places. It's not just, like... Of five small glasses, it's like it's well priced too. It was $15, so obviously subject to change, but um, they were probably one, 100 mil, yeah,
1: 100, 150,
0: something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, it was normal, size. yeah, like they were good size tasting glasses. Yeah. And yeah, we had a nice, so we had, we had a brewed IPA, had a black yep. IPA, had a riot IPA, had a double IPA, hazy IPA, Nipah session <laughs> IPA. I mean. There's a lot you can do with IPAs, and um, everything we have is good. Great examples of the style, and it's fixation, so... They do IPAs very well? Yeah. It's a lot like their beer. It's just a cool, clean spot. Yeah. Like, simple, straightforward. It's also, cool that you can
1: see the brewery. Like, the yeah. the, the, the brew house. brewery. The yeah. Like, so, before you got there, I spoke to the bartender. Yeah. Um, they, only the fixation IPA, the normal one, and the obsession aren't brewed there. So yeah. they brewed fresh squish there. They brewed the fix there. Yeah. And they brewed all
0: the experimental ones that Which is cool. Which is it's really cool. Basically like tank fresh IPA. Well, I don't like. think I've had
1: a better fix
0: than the one I had. Yeah, buy. everything tasted like super fresh. Like the the session IPA was beautiful as well. Like the three point six percent, no real loss of body and incredibly punchy hops. Like it's it's all really good stuff. Like if you if you like hops, it's uh
1: It's worth venturing to.
0: Yeah, and I think the uh, little releases were all interesting enough, and
1: there's room
0: to tweak them. Like the Black IPA, I thought was really good. Yep. The rye Rai... could have used more rye character. But you assume that they're gonna, they're going to move all them around and um yeah they can keep playing and stuff like it's well,
1: they're going to improve. They've been open for what a month, a bit more.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it hasn't been a long time, and also the core range is so good that like the the four core beers they have there are just they're always going to be great i reckon so and it's the best quality best condition you're going to get them exactly
1: i think i think the guy was saying the goal is to never have one over 4 weeks
0: old like a yeah. like a core fixation yeah and i think that's a good thing to aim for it's definitely their appeal is like i think that even their turnover in dan murphy's is
1: supposed to be under 3
0: months like <laughs> yeah at first choice it's pretty low and that's well. unheard of yeah but um <laughs> Yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, it's obviously in the kind of, that kind of secondary beer zone, which isn't the Richmond one. Yeah. The the one that's more sort of, the, you know, you got the meal, you got beer mash. Um, Slow beer Fitzroy. Yeah. So it's all kind of that sort and of And it's area. on the
1: 86 train line.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and they have a, a nice hazy IPA called the 86. Yeah. Which, which was is very enjoyable. Yeah. Um, very much in the hazy category, not the nipa category. As yeah. we discussed. Yeah. <laughs> So again, there's there's a lot you can do with IPAs. Hmm. And interesting thing, I guess, uh, only one fruited kind of IPA, and that was their core range. The Squish. Yeah. I assume we'll see more. It's def- but it's definitely hop hop forward. Yeah. We are back with what we've been drinking, and boy, we have been drinking a lot. But I haven't we? Um, <laughs> <laughs> un- unlike normally, it's just. There's been some sense of purpose driving it. So we went to Swansea Day. We did. And, um. Grand was, final morning. Yeah. And it was great. I think that's <laughs> sort of an understatement, wasn't <laughs> <Thanks for> it? <coming. laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, all we have to say. No, um, we had. Lots. Yeah. So. Bullock. Carwin, 9am.
1: <laughs> yeah. But... Maybe another 100. What do you reckon? 100 people?
0: Look, all up, yeah. It may have well have been close to that. Yeah. Um, I would say 60 to a hundred beer. People were outside as well. Yeah. It sort of, it was pretty
1: packed. It was also sort of a who's who of Melbourne craft beer drinkers.
0: Which is kind of funny. Um, but (laughs) no, it was, it was really straightforward, really simple. So we sort of, I mean, we kind of got there at like what, 845 or something. Something like that. You know, had a coffee, went in there and then basically just went straight in and. Gave us a card, so, kind of similar to Ramjet Day a yep. bit. Have your card, take your, your seat. food on there as well. Yeah. yeah. Get um, your t-shirt and yeah, Yep. And have a have a Cantillon Creek at 9am to start the day.
1: I think we kicked off with the creek, didn't yes, we? Yes, we did, yeah.
0: So, I think we both have the be- the same best beer of the day, but uh, do you want to say your best Cantillon? What was the one you enjoyed the most? I what we had. Uh,
1: there were a few. It's like easy decision. You know, we've had... What do we have? Six cantillon on tap and one bottle? That sounds right. I reckon that the Vigneron was my favourite. Yeah. Which is the one we had the bottle of. Yes. Uh, that really filled a hole for me. That was the musket grapes? That's the
0: musket grapes one. Yeah, I agree with that. Closely followed by the Zwansey Yeah. Uh the girls is as good as you're gonna get. There. Oh yeah. The girls is fantastic. I've actually been craving that a lot. But um yeah, no, the Look, everything we had was good. Like the only one that wasn't great was the bruschetta. Yeah, but no one likes bruschetta the first time. Yeah, it was just a bit watery and tannic, and yeah.
1: I think also having it last didn't help.
0: Yep, first, but it month. is
1: unfermented lambic, which is where it all.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. It just sort of um, wasn't a great sort of capper, and I think yeah, perhaps put it in somewhere I, else. Maybe but... I think we got excited. Yeah. And went with the ones we really wanted
1: instead of the ones we should, oh, I just sort of thought it possibly should have
0: Creek had. was standard to start then, yeah whereas maybe if we sort of knew we should have started yeah but honestly uh, Gers is brilliant
1: uh Vigneron was all just yeah, you know next spectacular level. um Nath which is a rhubarb one in really intriguing. interesting yeah like I not got interesting vegetal.
0: in that it wasn't a great way but more interesting and genuinely interesting I got vegetal not rhubarb. Yeah, yeah, and same. Yeah, kind of a sort of melony, general fruit characteristic. Um, definitely grassy and vegetal, and um... and that
1: the Zvanzibia, the mannequin piss, which is peace. Yeah, so is the
0: Belgian agent Sangiovese oh, and yeah. is it Chianti or is it something? Else? It was
1: some. It was definitely an Italian um, grape variety. So
0: aged in the barrels of Italian grape varietals was the idea. Uh, yeah.
1: Chianti, Amarone and yeah. Sangiovese.
0: So it was a bit fresher and a bit more punchy and um, sort of had this kind of interesting acid profile. Also this interesting oak profile. Like obviously you could taste it was fresher. The mouthfeel was a bit sort of thicker, yeah, creamier. rough and sort of tannic and yeah. also bigger and mouth-filling. It was, it was really good. It was very good, yeah. That, that's the most important part. But yeah, the best beer we had all day was probably the Three Fontenay uh, yep. Armin and Gaston. Was yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was... Probably one of the best beers I've ever had, to be honest. It was just superb, wasn't it? And um, <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, it was funny because we were sort of tossing up between a few things and that was kind of only a last minute selection. And uh,
1: Yeah, we were tossing up between that and, I want to say, a Hill Farmstead.
0: Yep. The convivial the Suarez, Suarez yeah.
1: and we had a quick look on Untapped, and I think it was what was it four point over four point four.
0: It was like, yeah. The <laughs> like I mean, was rating. really like a, the tiebreaker because we were so undecided on what we wanted. Because they yeah four point four one. Yeah, and I mean that it's it helps when you want to decide something, but um, you know honestly like Swansea Day a plus recommended had a great time. Carlin um, did brilliantly. Had some nice blueberry waffles Yep, yeah, Carlin organised it brilliantly. Um, Honestly, like, no complaints. All went completely smoothly. Had time to buy beers afterwards. They yep. were very friendly. They did and that well in that they had that
1: half hour between the sessions yeah. so
0: that we could bump out, buy stuff on the way Never out. Never sort of felt like we were being kind of filtered through and it sort of felt very much like a regular day at Carlin. It's just you've already paid for your beer and the beer is very special.
1: That was kind of... Beer like, is always special. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that was kind of the the main sort of feeling I got from it. though was like... Just like a busy day at Carlton, except you know every beer is Canteon and you've paid for them, so that was nice. That was great. Um, you do to give us a quick rundown of your Vietnam trip, of our beer wise. Well, yeah, that was hard, hard act to follow up Swansea, but uh, going overseas always. It's helps. a very different sort of yeah uh, different act. Um,
1: outlook. Mm. Um, no, so Lizzie and I went to Da Nang in sort of central Vietnam for a week. Uh, a lot of macro
0: lager Yep Which was
1: you Southeast know, Asia i a not sure Exactly But you go there And it seems better than it
0: Oh yeah It's uh, hot and th- it's cheap so. And it
1: ostensibly is Yeah, yeah. 30 cent beers so, Yeah It's hard to uh, Especially in that heat and humidity um, There's only one brewery in Da Nang, It's called Seven Bridges um, They make Pretty solid beer Yeah We've had One here tonight Yeah That was pretty good yeah, and well, mate. a lot of IPAs. You know, it's very American-influenced. Yeah. Probably the coolest beer we had was a Rambutan Sour, which is a
0: very light tropical fruit. fruit. Yeah. It's pretty much exactly like a light just bigger. Yeah. And also incredibly cheap over there and incredibly expensive in Australia. Yeah. Uh, and I had a couple of, you know, we visited
1: some craft bars around the place. Had, there's a lot from Saigon that comes up. Yeah. Uh, Heart of Darkness is the big one. Uh, there were a few other ones. I think there's Far Yeast Brewing or Fire Yeast Brewing Pasta Street Pasta Street, uh, and then there was Fur Brew from Hanoi. Yep, which was made some really interesting beers. Um, their beers were actually really cool. They had the ingredients on the label, including the, the including yeast. the yeast, yeah, which is and the fun. malt, yeah. Um, where they use the hops in their process. So that was pretty cool. So, a good little culture going on there. And yeah, definitely yeah. improving. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Feels like we've been doing a lot of these international ones recently. It's well, I think, been quite lucky. I <laughs> think people are getting a. Uh, might be getting an impression that we travel all the time yeah, and man. it's just not true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, while, while we are, we may as well report back on it. Well, and, uh,
1: exactly. Um, a lot of IPA. It's probably you know like everywhere that's crap is exploding.
0: And you also seem to have some pretty okay macro lagers. Yeah. What was the one they had over there that is kind of ubiquitous but also good? Uh, I really like the
1: Rue. Yeah. That's which the is one the I'm thinking one of yeah.
0: Um, that's the one from Da Nang or
1: yeah, okay or in. So that, is that a macro owned one? Yeah, a macro yeah. owned one. I think it might be Heineken.
0: Ma- oh. yeah. So the. I had a friend of yours has involvement in a brewery over there. He does. Yeah. Um the beer, the main beer is Red
1: Rock. It's a um premium lager, much in the same way as the macros, but it's just that little bit nicer. Micro, yeah. <laughs> it it's a really clean premium lager. Yeah. Um but their better beer is called Guden and it's a um a schwarzbier. Oh. Which is apparently very popular, which doesn't quite fit with the climate. Beers weird. It was, it was really refreshing, the time I had, a, you know, thirty low 30s, 85% humidity, <laughs> went down
0: nicely. So <laughs> there's a time and a place, isn't there? The, well, yeah, for everything. And it may always not be what seems obvious. Mm. And so you also went to the... the...
1: Yeah, the other brewery we should mention is the Hoi An Brewery. Um, they brew very much in the way you and I homebrew. <laughs> sort of see ingredient, put it in beer. So we had a mango chili pale. We had a lemongrass pilsner. We had a
0: pomelo IPA. So that sounds pretty positive to me, I so Don't see what the problem is there. They brewed really nice beer. <laughs> so really, I mean, it, just the fact they have breweries popping up everywhere in a Southeast Asian country is just sort of yeah, very good. Like it's it's cool to see it taking off in other parts of the world how would the prices i mean i assume macro like was dirt cheap and that was like a little bit more yeah
1: yeah it was more expensive but still fairly cheap compared to here so you get a pint for maybe five or six dollars yeah
0: Still very reasonable, but
1: yeah. yeah, macro lager you can be anywhere from 30 cents to two dollars, depending where you are. It's not cheap to make,
0: regardless of where you are in the world. I think it's a lot of labor. You've, yeah, the
1: labor cost goes
0: down obviously because they don't pay them much. <laughs>
1: there's still raw ingredients, it's still stainless yeah. steel,
0: which is the same price anywhere you are in the world, effectively, exactly. and yeast and stuff. It's all yeah. it all adds up. <laughs> Flashback to 2008 in the Swan Valley, a land of natural splendour, grape produce and god-awful imported beer. That problem was ever-present in the minds of Brendan and Will from Frel, who, in their quest for new ideas, had tried so many badly transported and stored imported beers that they designated a tree to pour the rejects out onto. That all changed after a fateful trip to the US Beer World Cup in 2008, from which they returned with fresh bottles of Sculpin and Pliny the Elder. Understandably, their next tasting session was a far bigger success. Leading them out with one goal, we have to make this kind of beer. No compromises. It's going into our core range. So, it's a little setup for Hop Hog's ten-year anniversary.
1: Pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, I mean, good on them. It's kind of great they're still here. We're we're having one right now. We are. And um, I think it's my first one for quite a while. Yeah, me too. But it's always a welcome thing to have. Indeed. So I guess the sort of the things that this uh, little Pouring a path, forging a path, making whatever segment we're going for is anniversaries of special beers, talk about them a bit, give them the reverence. Possibly talk
1: about beers that should be talked about, and oft forgotten by the general.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that too, I mean, there's, uh, I've already spoken about Redback today, (laughs) There's, (laughs) there's plenty of candidates, so, I mean, yeah, 10 years, probably 10 and a half years almost since it actually got created, but you know, 10 years since the public got to try it hop hog um it's just amazing to think about having to make an ipa from scratch like nowadays we've got so many resources on hand but these guys didn't even know about dry hopping they sort of had to learn the hard way they were sort of talking about how their fermenter got completely clogged when they tried to do it the first time yeah i
1: read that they only found out about it because green flash was starting to do it Mm. and it's like that that seems so incongruent with where we are now
0: and it's sort of amazing that such a good beer came out of it like um they had so few hops to choose from as well like it's like nowadays we have a smorgasbord like what flavours do we want let's pick this this and this and then they basically went you know Cascade Centennial and Simcoe just because That's basically the again. three C's you know but you know Simcoe was more a, easier to find and more flavoursome the best and thing and, the best thing I found when you know doing a little bit of
1: research for this probably the most research I've done for the podcast so far <laughs> um Galaxy didn't even exist at a commercial level when they released this beer. That makes sense. It's crazy to think how far the Australian beer seeds come.
0: And just in general, like, they... This was, like, they couldn't even get a fresh pale ale from America at the time. Yeah. Like, this was, yeah, they were struggling. It's like so they had warehouses full of Pilsner and Wheat Beer, apparently. And
1: Pretty amazing that they released this at a time that Little Creatures Pale
0: at 20... Which at the time was called... I want to say, like, was it Icon or something? Something. It had a completely different name. It did. Yeah.
1: Um, it was the hoppiest beer in the country. Yeah. At 20-ish. And IBUs. nothing has changed. But uh, that, And was, then they release a 48 IBU. Yeah, so the talent. design
0: doc was, let's make an aggressive 50 IBU beer. That was kind of... No real thinking beyond that, I think, but they wanted to make it drinkable and it had to be a core range sort of thing. So, I mean, they chose correctly with the hops and then it sounded like it was more of like a basically like a batch to batch thing like it sort of went from being a small thing to basically being like half their production and it would basically be people would call them and say hey can we order some hop pop for next week and they're like i'll let you know if we'll have any left <laughs> like yeah once we uh it just blew up didn't it? yeah and and understandably because yeah it's a um well
1: it was the only one it was the only <laughs> sort of ipa at the time and it was the only IPA for a while before the other guys sort of...
0: And now it's not even an IPA anymore. No, they call it that. a pale. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Warhawks, so IPA. IPA. is amazing. Yeah. But oh. it shows you, again, how far it's gone.
1: My love for it sort of died around the time... Well, not died, but diminished around the time we lost the green label. And we went to the new... Mm.
0: The white one that we've got in front of us. Yeah, which is nice. and It's still a very good beer, though. Probably is more on the big pale ale spectrum of things now. You taste- I think now... At the time it was
1: revolutionary. Oh yeah no, sure.
0: I mean they went for Piney and Orange were their two design dock things along with fifty IBUs. And Pine is the thing I remember like needlely and prickly yeah. is kind of like Sculpin. Yeah. Um and that yeah, wasn't you know, available at the time. Do you remember when you first tried Hot
1: I was thinking about this today. I reckon it was late twenty ten, early twenty eleven, somewhere in there. Not long after I'd had my sort of hop epiphany with punk. Yeah. Um, that was the natural progression for an Australian.
0: Yeah. Relatively, rel- rel- it's right there in
1: the name. Yeah. <laughs> but it was available. You know, yeah. You could actually find it. Hmm.
0: Like not not as easily as nowadays, but um, it was still fairly you know common. I, I
1: reckon Purvis would have always had it. Mm. Pretty. Pretty much. Which is where I did all my beer shopping for...
0: A fair while. A while. Yeah. So would you say you still drink it today, I guess?
1: Um, not as much, but I think that's more because there's so many yeah. new IPAs. I just don't drink anything
0: that regularly. Yeah. and um, I'm never going to turn down a hop If like someone buys me now, one, if
1: someone tells me, do you want one, I'm
0: going to have it. Like This isn't the freshest one. No. It's not, not fresh, but it's not fresh i would say it's probably three four months old something like that we um, bought it from dan's yeah we got it from dan's um but it was it was in the fridge at least <laughs> that's a good sign but no it's it's tasty. It's nice. yeah it's still very good but you, you're right it's very much less um to use what you're speaking about off air it's definitely the the loop threshold shift of that's <laughs> uh, really taken yeah over.
1: where a 48 ibu beer is like casual <laughs> yeah
0: it's just like your everyday drinking beer now yeah. instead of your aggressive and um it says more about us than anything. Ah, oh, possibly. Yeah. But also Feral were aware of that and that's why it's now labelled as a pale ale instead of an IPA. And um I mean I don't drink it, but nowadays, like to be honest, I probably had the last one two years ago, but yeah. I reckon now that it's in cans
1: which I'll is have more. The
0: other part of the story, like if you know, if I see fresh cans and if they're in six packs and it's twenty bucks <laughs> then I had it's a one off run. Ah. Which seems disappointing. Well, I'll be buying it for a one-off run.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: I was disappointed
1: when I read that.
0: Look, we'll over but, summer, I think I'll, I'll drink it. And it's always something I a A lot of beers, like, it's weird, the bottle dynamic for me. It changes a lot because I really drink a lot less out of bottles. Like, if, same. I would like actively really sort of look for probably, like, you know, 10% worse beer if it's in cans. I'll take that if I'm looking for a four-pack or something. Like, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because I know it will be better condition easy to drink. It's probably been looked after better because of the mm. the ease of <laughs> standing them or I always the thing that kind of stuck with me was that feral could do cans, but they choose to put Warhog and cans make sense, but like I'm not sure if like Sly Fox needs to be in cans. Like it definitely doesn't. What are you protecting? Like you're not protecting the hops Yeah, I mean maybe maybe because it's such a light based maybe they want to protect whatever. Maybe Maybe the light strike factor for the malt is more important. Maybe they should just put everything in cans they may. Yeah. Well if you can. Even Boris in cans, I would drink a Boris in a can. Nice bright red red can, yeah. I do like that they are one of the interviews I was reading about Hogpog was sort of saying like they'll start asking about Boris and I was like, Oh no, no, Boris is year round and always will be. It's like we think there should be an Imperial start to drink year round. I think we can all get behind that. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Um but again, that kind of just shows their ethos. It's just an evolution of the barrier pushing that Hop kind of came from. Like, this should be in our core range. It wasn't just, let's make this beer and, like, let's sort of make it for an Australian palate. It was like, no, let's make, let's make an Australian sculpting. Let's make what we want to drink
1: and other people will buy.
0: I think that the biggest compliment we can give Brendan and Will is that 10 years down the line, they have made an Australian sculpin, which has possibly even had more impact to the local culture. Of an Australian craft beer than Scotland had to U.S. craft beer. I think that's probably fair. Yeah, and that's probably the best thing we could ever say. <laughs> I think
1: they'd be pretty thrilled with that.
0: And <laughs> yeah, despite the sale and anything else, Hop Hog remains, and uh, it's and they still make good beer. Yep, and that's what matters. Exactly. We'll be back. we are back, this is uh, the Desert Island Six Pack, which is probably one of our favourite, hotly debated, most, most popular, thought about, yeah, most controversial, most everything segments. So, six pack of beers, you have to drink them forever, only one style allowed, so Angus has chosen this way, got to you given us, Angus. We've gone with Saison. The, 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 uh, Belgian. the writer was... Uh, the writer was, anything is anything fine. Is yeah. fine. So I think we Brent, ruled
1: one beer out.
0: Yeah. Which was the uh, La Serene. La Farmhouse Red, listed as a Saison on Untapped. And like...
1: It's very borderline. It's a funky red thing.
0: Yeah. And we just thought it would be easier rather than debate about it. Um, so I think we've pretty much both gone, don't go more than a beer from a brewery. Yep. Not as like a hard and fast rule, but just trying to keep it varied. Keep a bit of diversity there. Um, Would you like me to go first since you chose the style? Of course. So I reckon there's probably going to be a few double ups, but that's always part of the fun. So as usual, if there is a double up, the other person will call it out. And I'm going to go the most obvious double up of all with Saison Dupont. Oh, and funnily enough, I also (laughs) have that. (laughs) So last year we had a dinner and we were thinking it'd be awesome to have a beer at the dinner what's the beer you want it says on dupont so we went around calling places and finding it and you eventually found it at slow beer or Purvis. slow or? Beer. yeah um and i it, think
1: we bought all six that they had yeah
0: and it was just a really funny thing like it's a fairly like straightforward beer but it's like god like we really want surprisingly hard to find when you want it yeah and like you sort of see it all the time and it's so, so famous and 750 more bottles, which would so great, it also comes in the 330s, but it's just, um, I don't know if you need to even say much about it. Like, if you hadn't had not a on Dupont, then why are you listening to this podcast? Yeah, you so probably, out there probably and need one. to... You won't be able to find it now that we've told you to get one, because that's that's how it works. Probably because everyone will buy it now. Yeah. Our viewership is so large. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's it's so... I reckon that's going to be my... Um, I've got a 750 left, and that's probably going to be my my post-exam beer this semester oh yeah nice it's got some nice company behind it so um it's just it's nicely bitter but it's so crisp and so it just brings you back to it it's just a lot it's lovely, got everything possibly the best food beer in the world so. uh, I'd
1: struggle yeah. to argue yeah and it's got that peppery spice that really
0: characterises a good good saison punchy saison yeah it's not too alcoholic but it's not it's got it's got some bowls yeah
1: apparently it's the same recipe since 1844 oh yeah
0: yeah, it tastes the, old school.
1: The one thing I picked up today about that, the the saison de Pont brewery website recommends serving it at twelve degrees at room temperature. I like it cold. I like it cold I like, as well. Yeah. I, I was genuinely intrigued by the twelve twelve maybe degrees. We'll have to look into that in the future. And I think so. <laughs> Just see what it. Maybe a cold one and a room temperature. Yeah. See what we're see picking picking up. That's different. Yeah. If at all. Anything? Yeah.
0: Yeah. You want to give us your first?
1: Well, I reckon there's a real chance that this is another double up. I reckon that the beer I'm about to pick is the best beer I've had this year. And it's the Hill Farmstead Anna.
0: Ah. See, I have a farmstead, but not Anna. Oh, really? Yeah. So there we go.
1: That's interesting.
0: Yeah. Um It was
1: just superb. Yeah, it was. Funk.
0: <laughs> Their stuff kind Bit of, of acidity. lived up to everything. That had been said about it Yeah Because we had that The first
1: time at the car When It was a good beer week yeah. yeah That ridiculous Tap list
0: day they had But Hill Farmstead Was far and away The best stuff that, Yeah Yeah absolutely um, It's one lost Abbey beer That was crazy good But I, I think, think we had another Side beer that, Like that Probably was But I'm pretty sure It was all It was all Hill every, Everything was superb but Yeah but Hill Farmstead Was the most Yeah And so unique Like that house You say, It's so tart, But it's so wonderfully Savory and oh. Yeah Yeah
1: and it's got that sweetness you want yeah to saison, and it oh. doesn't have the pepper or the bite, but it's. What was your hill farmstead? Oh, it was Arthur.
0: Yeah, nice. So I, I liked Arthur's sort of boldness a bit more. Yeah, and um, and it's sort of more delicate and complex, and I can definitely understand someone picking that. Like it was borderline for me. Yeah. Um, Arthur is sort of the one that I went and sought out another bottle of, and yeah. have for a special occasion. Like Arthur is kind of the one that. I think about a lot and it's um yeah so that that's, that's my second one and that's yeah. yeah pretty much the same things you say about Anna can be applicable to Arthur. I so. think it's applicable to all of those sort of relatively yeah. straight saisons that they do yeah and we say straight but it's like they're, they're sour and they're funky and they're <laughs> complex and yeah we know what totally we different mean, from. but Belly's it's thing. a saison it doesn't have yeah. elderflower or something hanging around in it yeah although Anna has honey yeah I reckon it does. Still very much a Saison. It's straight up and down. Yeah. Relatively. And sour and funky. Straight up and down Hill Farmstead Saison, which is Yeah, place. exactly. And my yep. third one
1: is the La Serene Super Saison. Yep. Uh, I reckon it was first brewed in 2014. Yeah, hard to find nowadays. I don't know if they've brewed it for a while. Yeah. Um, um, but it was superb. I reckon it's 8%, maybe a bit bigger yeah uh, Sort, sort of their take on an Imperial Saison But they've gone with alliteration instead Called it Super
0: Yeah It's just a bigger, punchier Saison And again, that's I that's, like a lot of Saison That's uh house doing the heavy lifting Yeah, and you get that really fruity,
1: spicy character That all the Lacerine Saisons have
0: Yeah Just with a bit more sort of Boo
1: Not booze Warmth
0: Yeah it is more warmth. It's not like raw booze. It's much more Because like, it's so refined. And yeah. It,
1: it's just a beautiful beer.
0: So, I guess to continue on the theme, my <laughs> next one is um Last Rain Saison Straight. Straight. Yeah. So, yeah. I was tossing up I was tossing up Super Saison. I was tossing up Saisonette. I was even tossing up Fleur Folie for a bit. I also tossed up Wild Saison. Yeah. But we had uh, that Saisonette.
1: That yeah, uh, avantgarde.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was called Saisonette, but it was their light... Saison. Saisonette was the light Saison. Like yeah. 3.8% Yeah, or that was really good. Yeah. Um, but I just went with the classic. Yeah. It's, yeah. There were so many options. and like, let's just go with the simple one. It's hard then. to... And it's so good every time I have it. Like, if you can get that for 10 bucks or less, then you are. You're set. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting when you try that alongside other house Saisons, because that is you really get the expression of the local yeast in that it is very different it's so unique there's no lacto in there that's no. kind of it's it's kind of got this real bitterness and funk of its own and i really appreciate that yeah the lacerine stuff you can i I reckon you
1: can taste lacerine every time yeah. you my next one is another local one the number four four yeah it's the Exit Saison. Oh, and I also have this as you probably could have guessed. Oh, well That yeah. was another one we may have overlapped with. Yeah. It has Sriracha Ace in it, which I think is I think the only know. thing that leads to some of those negative reviews on it.
0: Yeah, that would make sense. Because that's so polarizing.
1: And that's that big sort of zesty... It's the coriander. Limey. <laughs> it's almost more polarizing yeah. than that, which is hard to believe. Um, but it's that zesty lime thing that it's got going on. Yeah. Up front.
0: I, I just find it is the most, it's the yeastiest, meatiest saison I've ever had. It's just so big and spicy and full-bodied. and. But yet it finishes so dry and yeah, bitter it's, so and it's just desiredly. beautiful. And it's, um...
1: I uh, just... And also, it's intense. I was going to say, in cans, yeah. Like... I did have
0: cans in brackets online. <laughs> yeah, I have a whole bit on mine that says cans. <laughs> so, actually, I've never had it on tap because we went to Wheat Gang and, and there they didn't have it. Yeah, <laughs> and so you and I sat in there in their bar and had cans, <laughs> cans. instead of You Made the right decision. Oh god, it very was cheap good. as well. I think was six dollars six dollar cans, cans yeah. or something. Yeah, it was good. Um, yes, good beer. Indeed, great beer, fantastic beer, and, beer. and one I have been. Probably should have put it up front, because I've sort of been a proponent of it since the start, I've always been yelling about how it's the best Australian Saison, I still stand by that. Well, I reckon Um, it's nice
1: that they put it in their core range. Like, mm -hmm. we probably could have guessed that. You remember their limited number releases at Mm -hmm. the start? I think it was one and six were both Saisons.
0: Yep. Definitely
1: they launched with Saison. Yeah,
0: I remember you. Which is so bold. Yeah. So I reckon the last two are probably where we're going to diverge a bit. Yeah, I think so. Um, so I gave this as an award on your site last year. Um, so this is two olds. So germs are coming, eating our pomegranates and red currants. Ah, uh, yes. Um, so we had this uh, grape and grain, or grain and grape. Uh, the one in Mirabell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whichever, whichever one that is. Whichever gr shop, gr and gr shop and was. That is. It was a sort of what uh, Scandinavian tap takeover. Yep, and that was, I think I gave it best draft beer possibly or best something international like something. And it just sort of stuck in my mind. It was so wonderfully tart without any lacto. I really it's, thought about this. Yeah, it's such a good funky. I mean, red currants are so lovely and tart, and so pomegranates, but they're so they're really delicious. And like, it was so well balanced. Too, i go crazy with the fruit. But good to get a fruited saison in as well. Yeah. The beer was funky and big enough that I think it was, you know, it was just, it stuck with me and like that was a big day and it was a lot of great beers that day, but that's the one that I always remember and I thought you'd have to, have to include that because I love fruit and beer and that's really the one that's, um, stuck with me. And 2 all are great too. Well, I also love fruit and beer and 2L, but
1: I've gone with the 2 Roses of Brett, mm. which was the raspberry, uh bretty red saison
0: so we've gone with a lot of breweries but not so much not the same yes yeah. which is really Intriguing. interesting
1: um that was just awesome yeah. The 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 red the raspberry like the raspberry was quite restrained there was just a little hint of sweetness with it um but nothing saison
0: it's a great combo but it's very hard to pull off
1: the, well the bret in this was quite barnyardy Yeah. It was restrained at the same time. So you got the barnyard notes, but it didn't overpower anything. So you still had the sweetness of the I mold.
0: Find a bit of like a bit of fruit is really good in the Brett Saison because the acidity and sweetness really cuts out the harsher qualities of the yeah, Brett. More yeah, more aggressive qualities of Brett. But you can always taste Brett, so it's like you can't really lose in that. Regard. Yeah. So pronunciation warning. Uh Brassier de Blogis, Blogis. Yeah. And Hill Farmstead La Vermentois. I thought about this so so kind of breaking the rule with Hill Farmstead, but there was the secondary one here. This was brewed in Belgium. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, my main thing was that I wanted to have one with new old hops as the forefront. Now, learning that Sriracha was in next, it kind of dulls that a little bit. But still, I think this is traditional Saison brewery doing a new old hop sort of thing. And, um, yeah, I just thought it was fantastic um so as is often the case this was a 750 mil post exam beer which a lot of my special ones are usually a sour or a saison and then i was very very impressed it's so carbonated like so punchy but it wasn't a gush or anything like it's just like and the carbonation lifts everything up the, the new world hops are there but they're not overpowering just because the yeast is so punchy but it's still so drinkable it's like one of those things where there's so much flavor but it's still so drinkable and it's very hard to pull off
1: I had one of these in a pool in the south of France. Sounds awful. It was, it was terrible. <laughs> Beer was awful as well. <laughs> uh, that was sort of... I agonised over this last spot. You know, what to put in this. That was in about a pool of 15 or 20 saisons that could have got this. I imagine
0: you paid probably third of what I did. <laughs> I don't think it was expensive. Yeah.
1: Um, there were so many beers that I thought about for this last spot.
0: Yeah, well, see, I had five. My, my five were easy. That was the tough one for me. So I'm intrigued to, to hear what you went with. We'll do a few honorable mentions uh, after this. Yeah. Bit, you know, give us the... The one I went with was the Almanac Saison de
1: Brettaville. Yeah. Um, I went with it on the whole because of how many good Almanac
0: Saisons see, I've had. I almost went with... The Mandarin one, just yeah. because of how sessionable it was. I wanted that was so sessionable, wasn't it? Yeah, and again, it's interesting with the the breweries lining line. The breweries up all lining yeah. up again, yeah. But I think that's a great call.
1: Um, I just love it. I've bought so many of those, say, it's under Brettavilles. It's yeah. just, it's almost the perfect cheese beer. Like it is just so full of bread. It's so dry.
0: An unexplored thing. Maybe someone should do a good beer week. Oh, surely. I've been about it. I'd go <laughs> you'd probably go well, I've been asked to organise one so that's
1: fine. Oh. oh there we go <laughs> sneak hint for our next good week yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah just that bone dry finish that Brett can give if you really let it smart, do everything because I think it's hard. primary fermented with Brett and then it goes
0: in wine barrels with Brett like is, more Brett primary fermenting with Brett is, is tricky it's good but it's risky yeah But this
1: is apparently just their normal saison Dolores, which gets dosed with
0: twelve Brett strains. So I think do a few honourable mentions. Well,
1: yeah, I got a couple that didn't quite make the cut. Let's
0: just let's just do a name back and forth of the beer, and let's say one line each. Let's let's try not to go too deep. Yeah, well, because the point isn't only honourable.
1: The point isn't twelve. Yes, exactly. Six.
0: Um, Boat
1: Rocker's Gaston, nine percent Chardonnay barrel aged. It's Amazing.
0: Okay. So early
1: boat rocker barrel room stuff.
0: Bridge Road Chevalier Saison just because I thought about it. Yeah. Groundbreaking. Uh, Moondog
1: Saison Du Punt.
0: Yep. Uh, Purely for the name. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As I said, Almanac Mandarina. Uh, First Saison I bought a six pack of.
1: I've got Goose Island Sophie. Yep. Had it Mega Dega 2017. Did not think I'd like it. You know, didn't know if it would be up to the standard. The ABM they've owned and all that oh, stuff
0: yeah. but you know their barrel program apparently I'm,
1: I'm not a hater but
0: oh, oh yeah fair enough um, is, is it up
1: to that standard yes it is it's brilliant it's at Dan movies. it's about 17
0: bucks buy one
1: they know what they're doing yeah exactly
0: uh, this one I might need your help because I can't remember off the top of my head brew by numbers the rye one or yep, the the rye one yeah can't remember the numbers <laughs> oh good luck 1805 yeah they had rye in right. it Yeah. That was a cracker. That was awesome. I've got the
1: Crooked Stave stave Colorado Wild Sage. Yeah. Uh, Bretty Lemongrass one. Sage. I actually got in the two old, the very short-lived two old beer thing. I think they still do in Europe, but they decided not to ship outside of Europe for cost and customs Shipping issues. this year.
0: Yeah. Um, I would love to give a shout-out to Hawker Saison. Yep. I would love to give a shout-out to... Boat Rocker's saison. Anything you can get a six pack of at a chain yeah, store. I think that's worthy of a mention. And um, my I've got two
1: more. Yep. The Stomping Ground Barrel Age saison, which is in Pinot Noir barrels, was awesome. It was just after they opened. Yeah. Genuinely awesome. And the last one I think you would really appreciate if yeah. it. If it came here, was the brasserie Tiriez, which is a little. I think it's one of the bigger French micro microbreweries. They did be called La Petite Princess. It was a two point nine percent Saison. Like a table beer.
0: Yeah. Oh. Any fruit or it was just Grassy food? straw. Light Saison. It was like a La Joyeuse or La... Oh the
1: Belgian one. Uh, the Swiss one. Yes. This... Um, La Joyeuse from Trois Dames yeah, or Yeah, something Trois Dames, like that's right? the one.
0: The raspberry one. Yeah. That was Awesome. incredibly good. Yes. Yeah, genuinely awesome. Right, I think I'm saisoned oh. out. Yeah, that was a lot of Saison. <laughs> um we'll be back in a moment. With uh, Angus the cellar, and uh, look, I might just let him take it away. It, uh, give us a bit of background. Why is this important? Why does this need to get out of the cellar? Well, it's been in the cellar for, I'm guessing,
1: six and a half years. <laughs> so this is really what this segment was for. Yeah, exactly, it was. Um, so we've got today, we've got a stone old guardian, yeah, which is their barley wine, straight barley wine straight barley wine it's a this is a 2012 release they release in about february okay and i reckon i bought it about then june (laughs) which is probably as soon as the container made it here So would would you
0: have known what you were buying yeah yeah i was aware
1: um but it's one of those things 650 mil bomber
0: of barley uh, wine 11 percent If you don't drink beers on Instagram, this is your nightly tipple, but for normal people... Exactly. Not so much, yeah.
1: This is one of those beers you need to share, and this one always just seemed to... uh, I'll have the Mountain Goat barley wine. I'll have the...
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, other barley wine. I like barley wine. Yeah, so this should be pretty cool.
1: Uh, 11%, as I said, 85 IBUs.
0: Low for stone? I thought so as well. (laughs)
1: Um, Apparently... As far as I can tell, 2015 was the last time they've released this. Ooh. I can't find a vintage after that. I'm a bit
0: special then. Yeah. Um, Interesting. It's very dark toffee. It is. Um, I
1: spoke to Steve Wagner from Stone at the Good Beer Week event. i guessing it was 2016. Yeah. At um Vue de Monts about this beer and said, should I drink it now? And he said, it's got more years in it.
0: <laughs> he that, sounds like a winemaker
1: They've got um,
0: you The know, further away I am from a job is the better time to drink it, Then you can't go back to Well drink. he's still there No I know I'm just <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm extracting the year They're very up w-
1: front with this though Like this yeah.
0: beer has always been a beer They
1: said don't drink in the first year well, or
0: two Don't Stone are the ones who literally have A range of Brett beers called Enjoy After Yeah Like and they have the date um, And they're very much uh, let's give this a try. Indeed. Oh. that is a cloudy, sort of messy brown thing. It's a bit murky. It's got some sort of yeast sediment. That is, um, it's toasty on oh. the palate, though. That is, um, really quite nice. It's like a a bit of a raisin bread.
1: Yeah, as sort of those all these aged barley wines get that sort of raisin. But it's
0: got a much more sort of bready thing going on. Actually, this is a very Cakey. It's almost like a carrot cake thing It's got a real baked flavour to it Yep Yep Completely agree
1: Bit of sort of uh, Almost uh, What do you call it Macerated orange or something
0: Yeah Yeah
1: um,
0: Yeah like a spiced carrot marmalade kind of thing There's also like quite a bit of umami Like it's a bit of roast It's really nice like, Yeah it's good um, Caramel Various
1: levels of caramel Um
0: Different to the regular sort of caramel Like I usually say like caramel and currants is like, the, you know
1: Yeah, but this is sort of
0: thicker um,
1: Still quite bitter Yep Considering it's I six and a half years or old I
0: it's more like Stouty bitter It's almost like Got this kind of like Roasty bitterness Yep thing. Not, Not hop driven bitterness So Maybe you can answer for the listeners and for Dylan here. Why do Americans call it a barley wine style ale instead of just calling it a barley wine? I'm guessing because they're too proper. Too... What is more, more of an English problem.
1: Yeah, you would have thought so, wouldn't you? But no. I wonder if... It's even a litigious thing that they say kind of like wine. Lambic thing. No, that they say wine, and people will automatically assume oh, it's wine. Yes. So it but if we chuck one style, ale, ale, if
0: we chuck yes. ale on the end, people should know it's beer. Yep, no, that is probably a good point because I've heard that before, where they sort of like can't just call it like a straight up malt liquor; it has to be like a,
1: even though the bottle is quite clearly Stone Brewery and
0: Old Guardian, and <laughs> I've just noticed that with sort of every American kind of. Barley wine, it's always a barley wine-style ale. Yeah, I'm, makes... I'm guessing that's the issue. Yeah, no, that in makes... In their ridiculous suing culture. And... <laughs> so, as, as bad as uh, Australian liquor laws are, it could be worse. <laughs> could it? <laughs> well, I mean, we yeah. can at least call it barley wine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look, my, my controversial opinion is that barley wine isn't too hard to make it is the time of proper storage and it is the little twist you give it personally yeah, yeah and it's the the holding back of the release until it's actually ready yep like the not many people can make a bali one that can be released fresh i think sierra nevada can do it like bigfoot, bigfoot. fresh bigfoot yeah. is great and um but i think a lot of places can't and a lot of places like much like wineries like you know penfolds hold it back for four years uh, for internationalists. Yeah. Penfold's a very yeah, yeah. famous South Australian winery. They hold back for four years before they release a lot of yeah. their variants. And I think maybe they should start thinking about volume like that. Like even, um, you know, like Stockade. Boat Rocker had
1: three years between Banshee
0: releases, mm. I think. It was a while. And they haven't released that Adventus yep. since. Which was...
1: Was that a barley wine?
0: It was a, a Brett Strong yeah. Ale, but, yeah. you know, the same kind of idea. Yeah. Big, big, I'm thinking about things over 10%, malt mold driven over yeah. 10%. And I sort of think, I know that they can't realistically, like, the system of cash flow and stuff between wineries and brewers is very different. You, yeah. you cannot sit on your things as long, but I'm hoping that... In, in future, we can see, like, you know, people saying, like, the 2016 vintage will be released in 2020. Like, it's... Because you, you look at reviews of this beer in 2012,
1: 2013, people saying it's hot, it's disgusting. Yeah. It probably was.
0: It probably was, but they are not things you'd describe it now. Mm. Like, it's not hot at all. Like... <laughs> and it's unique, too. Like, it's, it's not like every other barley wine. It's got this kind of real toasted baked cake element that yeah. I really like about it. And, um... Yeah, it's a great barley wine, and um, it's bitter too. Like I think, even the most sort of avid stone fan would appreciate that they've kind of got that aggressive sort of undertone to quite a mellow, subtle barley wine. It's um, it's really nice. It's good. It's good. And it just sort of brings to a question: know, Do we do we have to start thinking about vintages more? I mean, that's probably a question it's definitely a question from the podcast but I mean you know just for listeners in case like should we start thinking about vintages more like like black wines like is this Boat Rocker are definitely doing it yeah and Wildflower with their blend numbers yeah. and should we start more obviously I mean everybody's all for more obviously labelled beers in terms of dates yeah, packaged on and best before decided by the brewery or so yep. more like yeah even just a vintage year
1: I uh, yeah I agree um I think the breweries that are trying to do stuff to age are on top of that here. As I we said, you, Boat rocker,
0: You have to be able to risk a batch sitting. Yeah. Um, or event like Ramjet Day, like Boat rocker, where you get a lot of money in one night and you can afford to keep your barrels going for another year. Well, yeah, if you can generate that sort of demand. and, Or if you're Goose Island, you just put your Saison's at Dan's.
1: 20 bucks a bottle.
0: Yep. <laughs> some suckers like us Blake. but but i mean um,
1: you know a beer that's relatively oh, yeah. cheap to make and Very good. i think it was it shows the uh the value of cellaring yeah if nothing else you know it was a hot mess at the start six and a half years down the track it's wonderful
0: the risk of courting controversy too much perhaps shows the overvaluing on barrels there is a wonderful complexity here that without is without a barrel. Yep, and again, like you said, it's just time. Yeah, and I'm not. I don't know, like, um, barrel-aged stuff's great. It would make me think more
1: about a straight-aged barley wine, like a non-barrel one.
0: We, you can Whereas see, I would normally gravitate towards the yeah, barrel age. But you can see the brewer's intentions more here, I think. And you get the subtleties of the malt. Because there is something in the malt here that is different. It's a tannic thing going on. Yeah. It's intriguing and I think maybe... We love bourbon and stuff, but I think it may have been hidden. Maybe hiding something.
2: It's
0: hmm. so worth thinking about. And uh, also worth thinking about is getting in touch with us at
1: gusnorris 7 at gmail.com
0: or just leave a comment on the bureau clock website yep uh, um, there'll be show notes up and uh how's that uh, uh the Port article coming on oh, it's about two years in the make it should be good with <laughs> it's been cellaring for a while now so <laughs> it should be just, just about improving <laughs>
1: yeah. just improving with age
0: but no um we, we thoroughly appreciate everyone who's <laughs> listening and honestly even if the the numbers are low um, the it's more than we inspect yeah exactly Venice. That that's kind of the exciting part and, and as um, long as you guys are enjoying it <laughs> exactly because you know we enjoy
1: it. send us stuff and we'll uh, get yeah. it done
0: happy to chat we've got nothing better to do <laughs> um, yeah thank you very much